0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners.
1: Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com.
2: Well, how do I know I'm apathetic? Well, how do you fight apathy in your life? (laughs) Ah, okay. Well, welcome to GirlfriendIt, where we want to rally you to do the remarkable. Okay, let's go back to our original
3: question, which should have been, (laughs) how do I fight apathy? Well, how do
2: I even know that I'm apathetic? (laughs) Deja vu. (laughs) Well, I got to ask you then, do you vote? Or perhaps you do go to to
3: PTO meetings. You know, apathy is where I think of it as like I don't really care. And there's some things I don't really care about, but there's some things I should care about and should take
2: a stand with. Like skipping your morning shower? That would be you (laughs) that does that. I don't ever do that. (laughs) You know, one of the things that I've noticed about me and my apathy is writing thank you cards. I used to be somewhat decent about writing thank you cards because we've gotten to where all we do is on the email. And there's something about getting that personal note in the mailbox, actually a handwritten note. Um, So I I think little things like that, like even going to um, a friend's dinner or going over to a house because you just simply don't feel like doing it, but it means a lot to them.
3: Exactly. And I, I think we have to fight apathy a lot in our lives and especially in our culture, because there are so many things that scream at our attention. Sometimes you just want to totally check out and go, I don't care, but we, there are some things we really go, I need to really care about this and I really need to engage, and so today on the show, we're going to be talking to our guests that really have broken the um, the barrier of apathy and are really stepping up and
2: stepping out into, into making a difference. Well, now we want to, intru- to introduce you to one of the most non-apathetic people we know. Our first guest is Carla Pope, and she is a fantastic friend of ours that is not only Making Things Happen Here in Arizona, she is shaking up Hollywood by associ- association, and by association meaning giving birth to Kellen Luntz. You're really stretching it there. Welcome, <laughs> Carla.
3: <laughs> Carla, how did you love that introduction?
4: <laughs> that that was very creative, I must say, but I do expect that out of you too. <laughs>
2: Well, Carla, you're actually on your way to Colorado this morning, and um, so as you're, like, trying to pack and be on the radio and do all these things, you're obviously um, not in an apathetic mood. How do you fight apathy?
4: I tell you what, I don't think I was born with that word in my DNA. (laughs) I have just always been at high gear. Uh, You know, there's stories back when I was in elementary school that the teachers still remember. So... You know, that's just part of my DNA, I guess, is just being involved in life.
2: And you are so involved. One of the things that we were so impressed that you you are doing, and I know this month of October is huge within the uh, the churches on a national level, is um, being an incredible prayer warrior. Tell us a little bit more about what you do with that.
4: Well, one of the fundamental ways that I got involved was probably... About 17 years ago, an organization, a prayer group called Moms in Touch International, which simply is gathering moms to pray for each school across the world. It's an international ministry. So my oldest at that time was entering high school because I had younger ones. I was busy with them at home, got connected with these moms, met once a week to pray. And to this day, I mean, we laugh, we're going to be grandmothers in touch. And some of us already are grandmothers and we have just interceded for our kids.
3: And you know what, that is so significant. And what, what happening in the schools Because we need prayer so much in the schools that they've, you know, re- removed God so much in our school system and just to be moms that are engaged and that are praying. And, and we know there's so many stories where the prayer has made a difference, um, how have you seen that on a, just on a personal level?
4: Well, probably since you already did bring up Kellen, it's kind of a, you know, without those moms during that time, because he was a chemical engineering, uh, that, that was really the thrust of his high school career. And, you know, he got scholarships for chemical engineering in and out of state. And he came back after his the spring break, his senior year. He had gone out to Hollywood. He came back and said, Mom, I'm going to Hollywood. I'm throwing away scholarships. I'm not going to go to college. And I tell you what, I had to be on my face And uh, really, I knew at that point it was, you know, he would honor me. And he, if I said, no, I want you to go to college. But I knew that I would crush his spirit. So it was really just. You know, trusting the Lord even through a, a whole gamut of tears, but I and my sisters in the Lord praying at the same time, and so we just knit hearts together, and He's walking worthy in that industry.
3: Well, and let's back up a little bit and let people kind of understand who your son is, because, um, and it's not that you're known for being the mother of Kellen Lutz, but it, it is significant, just, you know, our kids and, and what they do and just being a proud mom, which I know you are such a proud mom of all of your kids, and you're right. such a cheerleader for them, and so that is so cool, but explain it to people that maybe have been living um, with their head in the sand or don't have kids at age who <laughs> your son is and what he does. Well, for anybody
4: that has teenage daughters, they know the Twilight movie series, and um, for those that don't, ask any teenage girl, they will tell you all about it, and their moms generally know also, but Kellen, my son Kellen, is Emmett Cullen, he's the big, buff, uh, good vampire, the vegan.
2: <laughs> the vegan, that, that is funny, to put a vampire in that category. <laughs>
4: Well, you know, when he told me he got the part, I was kind of like going, vampire? And he goes, Mom, don't worry. I'm a good vampire. And I'm like, (laughs) isn't that an
2: oxymoron? Yes. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) I just love that, Carla, though, coming from a mom's perspective, because just like you shared, you know, when you have, I have a son that's a senior, and that's exactly some of the paths he's going down is as an engineer. And if he were to come to me and say, guess what, Mom, I'm going to Hollywood instead, I would have a really hard time with it and I just love that you were able to like you said, you just have to get on your knees, you have to release them over to the Lord, which we should be doing every day anyway, although that's so hard to do. And and then to have him come back and say, Mom, now I'm playing a vampire <laughs> It's like and yet you go, Why not? Why not take on Hollywood? I mean that is Exactly how you fight apathy is to put more believers in Hollywood, to be able to take that on. And so many times we run from that rather than embracing it.
4: Well, and that's what's been so amazing is because I serve at a national level with community Bible study. And one of his, the other Cohn brothers, uh, Jackson Rathbone, his dad is actually a teaching director out of Texas. And we knew each other even before those boys got cast in that Twilight movie. And Jackson's mom and I would pray on the phone for those boys. Mm. And I mean, that is the sovereign work of God, bringing Mm. believers into that industry to be a light. It's just amazing.
2: Yeah, that is amazing. And I know um, in in my world, I happen to be a mom of teenage girls, so... uh, <laughs> From you know, I tried to go along with it, which most most moms are doing. That you're trying to read all the books, Um, you're trying to at and least. And so many are
3: reading those books twice. That's what's amazing to me. Oh, those yeah. books all got read like twice. The people You talk to so many people are going, oh, I'm on my second time.
2: Yeah. Well, right. um, even going to church camp, those girls twice would be like they did that in one week. They're, <laughs> they're wow. reading them 10 and 11, 12. That was even one of the conversations is how many times have you read – The books and they read certain ones, you know, over and over and over again, which is just so intriguing. And I've even heard of, you know, people go to Forks, Oregon. Is that where it's located? Yeah. Forks. Right. Um, That's becoming this like pop culture place to go and buy super, Twilight souvenirs and, and all kinds of things. It's just it's amazing. It's this pandemic that just yep. has spread through, I, I'm sure, not only just the U.S., it's probably even gone beyond, which how does, how does Kellen deal with that?
4: He, very graciously, we just, um, I was over there. What's interesting is Israel is using uh, celebrities now to be a voice for Israel, because there's so much negative, um, you know, concern as far as safety issues and all those dynamics. So Kellen and I were just over there a few weeks ago, and not only are they passionate about Twilight, but he just is so giving, and what they do then is he'll, he'll tweet. You know, Twitter is a phenomenal social media. Uh, advocate and when the, when celebrities tweet about for instance Israel, their fans listen and they will trust somebody that they feel like they have a relationship with, even though it's Twitter, over you know the news media.
3: they will believe those celebrities, so it's an amazing phenomenon which can work for you or work against you and it's like that 's why it's so significant that we have Celebrities that have the right heart and the right voice and love that God is using Kellen and you to just really infiltrate. We had last week um, Nancy Stafford on the show who played in the in the TV series Matlock. And she's living in Hollywood and, you know, and, and acting and writing books. But she was saying how there is a... Um, Kind of a movement in Hollywood for Jesus and how we need more people to come into that industry, not run from that industry. And so it is always encouraging to hear when you know of believers that are really taking a stand and good people that are in, in the industry and that are giving have been given a platform and a voice. And Carly, we're gonna take a, a commercial break in just a few seconds. And when we come back, we wanna talk a little bit more about how you really have fought apathy, and just in raising your kids and your boys to be men of God and to use their voice in such a positive way because that's always a challenge, especially for us as moms. And uh, we just appreciate you coming on the show. This is Patty and Lisa, Girlfriend at Radio, and we will be right back.
1: is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended radio right after these. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Mallette at 1110 Central on Togginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R. Realize it is possible. E. Embrace all relationships. A. Advance through adversity. D. Develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S serve others each week on the show you'll find a safe haven whereby tips insights and strategies are shared by linnea and her guests go to linnea's website read then join us thursday nights at 11 10 p.m central for the read my lips tips for success radio show with your host linnea Millette. on toginet.com why do i feel so lousy why aren't my medications working Why can't my doctor figure me out? These are just a few of the questions Dr. Kevin Connors will be exploring in Dr. Kevin Connors Live on TuggyNet.com. The author of the book, Help My Body Is Killing Me, Solving the Connections of Autoimmune Disease to Thyroid Problems, Fibromyalgia, Depression, ADD, ADHD, and more. He'll dig into these and many other conditions to dissect the mechanisms of your problems. Giving God the glory and looking for answers to make you look and feel better. To make you feel whole again. For more on him, his book, and the show, check out UpperRoomWellness.com. Never be satisfied with a diagnosis. There is always a reason behind it. And if you can alter the mechanisms that led you down your current path, we can change your future. It's Dr. Kevin Connors, live here on TuggyNet.com.
2: Welcome back. We are talking about fighting apathy, and we are speaking with our guest Carla Pope, who is a friend of ours, and she is not only making a difference here in Arizona, but across the U.S., but her son is Kellen Luntz, and we have just been chatting about some things that are going on in Hollywood, and you all just got back from Israel, Carla. Tell us a little bit about what took place there and what took place there about a year ago as well.
4: Well, uh, a year ago, Kellen had been out, uh, I believe he was in Turkey, shooting or doing something, and then he had a few extra days, ended up in Israel. And, of course, the boys have learned over the years that wherever they go, Mom knows somebody. And uh, (laughs) so was able to connect him with some friends of some friends over there, just amazing Christ followers, and uh, took him on a journey with the Lord and he was water baptized out there in the Jordan. It was huge in his life. Wow. Uh, It was kind of a more of a, he had been water baptized here in uh, the Valley, but it was just, you know, that time in his life, I think he must've been 25 back then, but it it was just, it marked him. And Mm. uh, so then this last, when we went out, and he when he called me after that, we Skyped, and he goes, "Mom, I really want to come back here with you." Well, then a year later, look what happened. We were invited back. And uh, probably he would tell you also the most intense time that we had in Israel. Of course, we did the tourist thing. But we got to spend Shabbat with a Orthodox Jewish family that had a vantage point overlooking Jerusalem Mm -hmm. like no other that you could see. And we went through with the most reverence that time with that family Mm -hmm. and their tradition and just knowing what it means to us as Christ followers, you know, it just was so enriching. I mean, Kellen and I were speechless after that night, and uh, it's a treasure,
3: It is cool when you have those moments that just mark and you can always go back to that moment and you can relive the emotions, the intensity of it. And I think so many times those moments are significant because when we when we kick into those moments where we, we can be apathetic, which I think we all need to fight that you go back to some of those moments and go, but this is why I do what I do. This is why I am who I am. And they are defining moments that we need to treasure, and they're kind of like snap, snapshots of the heart. Um, and love those. And, and they just sometimes they catch you off guard because you're not planning on it. Like I, I'm sure on your trip you weren't planning that that was going to happen, and they oh, catch you off guard, no, but they no. linger. Yeah.
2: Well, how is it, Carla, when you are in Israel? Do, does Cullen get as much of the fan base as he does in the U.S.? I mean, is he able to? walk around like a, a normal person
4: <laughs> no and that was what was kind of unfortunate because we were having you know this was an intimate time for us and uh, the paparazzi were there there was a uh south, America, south american latino uh voice uh she's a singer and she was there with her husband and pr person and and Peter was able, I mean, he actually had to get in the paparazzi's face because they had their big hunking cameras on us as we strolled the streets of Jerusalem. And,
0: Aww. you know,
4: the, the girls will always know him. And, and that's one thing, when you have the girls go crazy. And, and I, we know how to play off of that and to get him away. And, and they are very honoring when it is t- his time to, to leave. But, you know, the paparazzi just, uh, they don't have boundaries.
3: Wow. Yes. Okay. I, here's a question. Listening to you, when you when you're um you it's easy to get caught up in all the uh, fanfare and, and all this stuff that goes on from Kellen's point of view, but also from your point of view as a mom, because you've been ushered into this place of of in the public view a little more. How does somebody? meaning you stay where you, you keep the main thing in your life. The main thing it's easy to get distracted and, and get off on too many tangents. Like we all fight that and it must be a little more difficult when you're in the limelight a little bit more. How do you keep the main thing, the main thing and stay driven to make a difference for what really matters?
4: I think for me personally, because I've, overcome, I've had to overcome so much in my life. I mean, um, I don't know if the listeners are aware, but, you know, I am divorced from Kellen's dad. I mean, he was only a baby when that all happened, and there was a lot of drama during that time and a lot of pain and anguish, and so I really do know what it's like to be in the pit and to, to dig out and to overcome, and it doesn't take me much to go back. that, to see, you know, what the Lord has done in my life and the privilege that it truly is to be able to serve Him, uh, you know, with reckless abandonment, because, you know, it's not me, it's Him, and, uh, you know, it's very humbling when you you consider, um, you know, just that he gave his son and, and the reason that we can testify to how amazing he is, is, you know, chief of sinner though I be, you know, Paul, Paul says that, but yet I, you know, each of us has that walk. And, uh, that's just how I keep it in perspective.
2: Well um thank you so much for just being so vulnerable there and so many women are going through that even now at at our age their kids are raised and all of a sudden they're realizing um i'm i'm not doing well in my in my marriage and how just for, you you went back to um having to go through a divorce of, you know, with Kellen's father, how is that working for you now that your son is older and you are, you know, married and you're having to still go back, back and forth with that relationship? Yeah. I
4: mean, I I guess, you know, we had to work through a lot of dynamics. It's not that I have a a relationship with my ex-husband, But what I do have is just an amazing husband now. We've been married 20 years, and with six kids and a a whole slew of blended family issues, I mean, I am blessed. And I get to be a a stay-at-home mom and involved in all this kingdom opportunity. Like, you know, we were all together with the plow event. And, you know, every day I just stand amazed that I can serve Jesus wherever he wants me to because I don't have to be tied down to a nine-to-five job. I mean, that's really what I am looking at. I am looking at the go forward
2: well, that's exciting, and that's so encouraging for our listeners out there who might be in that rut, like you talked about. And it is a form of apathy when you truly you you, you don't want to get up and take a shower, you don't want to go to your girlfriend's dinner, um, you just kind of get in that funk that you you don't even you don't even know what to do. And and like you said, you just have to keep focusing. Um, on the Lord and like Lisa said keep remembering the main thing is the main thing and and to move forward with that and speaking of that how do you encourage Kellen to do the same thing that has to be so tough in Hollywood that Hollywood scene of just getting so caught up in you know what's going on it's it's easy to do
3: well and speaking into an adult child that's a difficult thing knowing your boundaries
2: right and and
4: prayerfully you know I, you, you really do learn how to discern that, even for any adult kid. It doesn't matter what venue they're in, but there are those moments that, you know, they come to you, and you know you have a door wide open, and then you sew into that, and uh, that that it's God's timing, and uh, Kellen and I have a, have a heart bond, um, you know, he knows the value of prayer, and... He's not embarrassed to say, you know, he'll text me, he'll Blackberry message me, you know, Mom, will you please pray, da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, you know, he knows that I will pray. And uh, for any of our kids, what a legacy we can (laughs) give them is, even if we can't have long dialogues with them, but if they know that we will listen and that we will pray and that we will actually pray, I mean, that's a legacy.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, and Carla, we only have like two minutes, unfortunately, to the end, but you have been able to raise dynamic children and have just a great relationship with them, which is so encouraging because relationships are everything. And so many times the parent relationship gets um, fractured a little bit. What are some tips that you would like to leave our, our listeners with on just the parent child, the mother son relationship. And just as they get older, there is the challenge of knowing what your boundaries are and how much, to really speak into their life. Can you just leave our listeners with a couple of just thoughts or examples?
4: Sure. An older friend of mine once said, you have to pray it on him before you lay it on them. Mm. So I have interceded for whatever the issue is to the point to where I either have a release to share something with my boys or I don't. And until I have interceded to that level, I really don't open my mouth to them.
3: And that is really a good. That is something to really remember, because so many times we just want to run in there with our opinions and tell them what we think they should do, and you need to do this. And it always goes back to how we communicate, and even knowing your your children and their temperaments is is significantly because you communicate with one different than you communicate with others. And what a challenge you have with you know all your plethora of, of kids, and as they're growing up and learning what. Buttons to
2: push and what buttons don't, don't hit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, I can't imagine. That's really good advice for me, um, not putting in my, my two cents. At what age do you, we, we have in 30 seconds, at what age do you start that <laughs> of not giving? Oh, come on, girlfriend. From the
4: time they're in, their, in your womb, I mean, it becomes a part of your life, you know, the earlier onset, by the time they're teenagers and grown.
3: That's
2: just what you do. Yes, absolutely. And we just thank you so much once again, Carla, for being on the show today and your tips and tricks on Ever how to – being our girlfriend. <laughs> I know. I love you guys. I and we too. get to see you soon. We just want to thank you. Go to GirlfriendIt.com if you have any other questions. And stay tuned after the commercial.
1: This is Girlfriended on TogiNet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended radio right after these. You've been laid off. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed this show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work for more on alan sherwood mba and the show check out his website successfully unemployed.com then join us for successfully unemployed with alan sherwood mba Thursday nights at 8, 7 central here on TuggyNet.com. Want to be challenged in a powerful way to leap beyond what you think is possible? Then join us Mondays for the Leah Jansen Show. Every Monday at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. central on togynet.com with Leah Jansen. Listen live as life coach Leah uses her coaching skills to give you the tools you need to take action and create momentum. You are encouraged to call in and share your greatest fears, challenges, and obstacles. And then listen as Leah obliterates those barriers to success. For more on Leah and the show, check out her website, leahjansen.com. That's Leah, L-E-A-H, J-A-N-T-Z-E-N.com. Spend one hour with Leah, and you'll be captivated by her energy, enthusiasm, and magnetism. You'll quickly become addicted to her positive attitude and make-it-happen mentality. Ready for a life-changing, mood-altering show? Then get ready for Leah Jansen and listen live to The Leah Jansen Show every Monday morning at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts,
3: Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. Today we are talking about fighting apathy and what does that look like for you individually. And so many times when we fight apathy, it means we have to use our voice. We express ourselves, We take a stand for something. And our next guest is Jim Chapman, who by profession is a CPA, but... And he has degrees from Wheaton College, the University of Chicago, and Phoenix Seminary, just to name a few. So I think he's <laughs> a little more intellectual than, than we. Oh, we, um, uh, we'll build we, our own. Yeah, Okay. All right. <laughs> but Jim has found a love for words, and he uses words to really fight apathy in his own word, world. So, Jim, we want to welcome you to Girlfriend It. And you are the author of, of a book that is, it's in. Uh, it's, it's pretty seasonal right now. It's the night after Christmas. So welcome to Girlfriended. And can you uh, tell us how you, Jim Chapman, fight apathy?
0: Well, I guess I, I, I uh, take it out on paper. You know, I, <laughs> I write and express my thoughts and uh, try to be creative with, uh, with words and try to communicate something that will uh, perhaps inspire or motivate somebody else.
2: Well, how did you get motivated, Jim, to write this book? What was your first inkling that you were like, okay, I'm going to move forward with this?
0: That's, uh, that's an interesting question. You know, uh, I had I had been writing in the past mostly just uh, things like uh, church newsletters and college yearbooks and occasional articles to the newspaper, letters to the editor and whatnot. But, uh, you know, for some reason, and I, I don't know why, I have, I've had this uh, uh, this uh, negative fascination with uh, the famous "Night Before Christmas" poem, uh, which technically I guess is, is called "The Visit from St. Nicholas." But it always bothered me that that poem, which has seemed to capture the uh, the imagination uh, of of the culture and society, uh, very cleverly done and well written and uh, and whatnot, it, it just totally ignores. Uh, the person of Jesus and the whole historical foundation of, of Christmas and the holidays, and and it, it just bothered me that that seemed to almost overtake the whole Christmas uh, celebration and made it so secular that uh, I, I wanted to write something that would be a counter to that, you know, and and so originally I wrote a poem called "The Night Before Easter," which uh, followed the pattern and the style of The Night Before Christmas, but then I got motivated to write a poem called The Night After Christmas because of something that uh, Elizabeth Elliot had written in one of her books where she was writing a biography of her husband, Jim Elliott, and it was something he said which motivated me to to write this poem and this book. And if you'd uh, like details... What was
2: that? What was it that she said about Jim Elliott?
0: Yeah, you know, you probably know the story of of Jim and his uh, other four missionary compatriots that were uh, martyred by the Elka Indians back in uh, in 1956, I think it was, in in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jim had a particular distaste for the way our society celebrates Christmas. Uh, and primarily it was, it was the commercialism and, uh, and the excessive shopping and gift-giving and whatnot. And uh, he, he made a comment to Elizabeth before they were married in some of his correspondence where he said, It seems to me we would all have a better attitude toward the whole thing if someone would write a realistic poem on the night after Christmas to counterbalance the magical effects of the imaginative night before well, a Christian friend of mine had been reading that book, and he knew I had written a poem on the night before Easter, so he said, hey, look, Jim, uh, uh, look look at what Eliot is saying. He says, M- maybe you could write a poem like that. And so sure enough, you know, I thought, well, hey, I'll give it a shot. And so I, I started writing not long after that, and the words seemed to come really easily, and uh, I think I got a little help from above maybe, and uh, put this poem together and and started sharing it with audiences. Uh, I'd, I'd recite it uh, whenever I got invited to during the holidays, and and I got so many requests for copies of it, and encouragement from people to publish it that I, that I finally did.
2: Okay, can you give us a short version, just a tease of that of that poem of what, why you were so inspired by that?
0: Why I was inspired?
2: Well, I mean, just a, a short version of of part What's of that in the
0: poem. Book? Oh, you want me to say part of it?
2: Yeah, Sure.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I'll just uh, give you a few opening lines, you know. It, it starts out, uh, was the night after Christmas," or excuse me, mm-hmm. yes, that's that's right. was the night after Christmas, and, and no one had reason to scramble or scurry to wrap up the season. The wrapping was done. The gifts were presented. Excitable children were calmed and contented. Parties and concerts and dinners abated. The flood of festivities finally had faded. The house was a mess with boxes galore and ribbons and wrappings that littered the floor. The children didn't care. They relished the notion that Christmas meant presents and joyful commotion. But for me, I was bummed that once more I had shunned the spending constraints in the holiday fund. And then it goes on from there. Uh, you know, that's really pl-
3: No. I, it's it's fun the readings. You have such a great voice too. I can imagine that you get you get requested to do these readings, especially at Christmas time. There's something about Christmas that is evokes so many great emotions and and traditions and um, just the smells and the feels of the holidays. And just in getting back to the true meaning of, Christ- of Christmas is what you're tapping into, not so much the commercial part of it, but just the heart. Of Christmas and why we celebrate that, and it's it's cool just to see hear readings as we sit back here and listen just to you read the words that you know you were inspired to write because it is fun to just go to readings. I know I went with um with my with my daughter who was in college at the time, and they for one of their classes had to go to like a bookstore that just had like open mic and had people get up and just do readings of things they had written, and it is really cool just to hear words that other people find significant to them. And Patty and I love words because words evoke so many different emotions. And it, it seems like you're a, a word craftsman with your words and how you put it together just to express those emotions. So even with Christmas, what emotions are tapped into you with Christmas? What what comes to mind?
0: Well, I am I, I guess I'm still odd by the fact that uh, uh, that this, uh, the the infinite and the invisible and the eternal and the Almighty God somehow was able to come into human history, and 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 live as a person, be a person, be a human being in a human body of flesh and whatnot. And you know, theologians call that the incarnation. And I uh, I, I think that's that's the greatest event in the history of the world, and it uh, it fills me with you know a sense of awe. Uh, that uh, that God would do that, and He came came into the world in such humble uh, surroundings, uh, humble beginnings, and whatnot. And uh, I, I'm always touched by that. Uh, I I enjoy the Christmas uh, music, Christmas carols, and some of those old old time carols. You know, they have a tremendous message in them when when you read the words, sing the words. Um, yeah, so I really enjoy the music. I, I enjoy the the family time, the emotions of people being together, people being part of a community, uh, people uh, celebrating this, uh, this wonderful event of Jesus coming into the world to to rescue us, to to deliver us from you know our our, our, our guilt and our and our shame and our sin and and all that stuff. To think that that uh, this happened and, and we can remember it and celebrate it and. And they rejoice over it every year. That that's that's really exciting to me.
2: It is exciting. And I do want to go back to what you were talking about with um Jim Elliott's story, because many of our listeners might not have heard um what took place. And I find it interesting um, with what what did happen to him and so many times um we do struggle with the commercialism in, in Christmas, and yet that is a time that we can go outside of the church walls, and that commercialism also is a way for us to connect sometimes with those who don't yet believe, and especially don't yet believe in the way we want to celebrate Christmas. So can you tell us a little bit more about um Jim Elliott's story. We have about two minutes, Jim. So, if you can just kind of share um, what happened, and he he went overseas to be a missionary, and then what took place?
0: Well, Jim was, uh, as, as I understand it, was sort of a counter-cultural type of fellow, and mm-hmm. he was very fas- very passionate about God and about serving God and and uh, living out the Christian life and. and he had a heart for for people who had never heard the good news about Jesus, and uh, you know he's a Wheaton College graduate as I am, and so when I was on campus, I would hear about him. Uh, there was a dorm named after him, Elliot Hall, okay. hmm. uh, and of course I I enrolled in the uh, in the school in. Uh, in 1967, so it was only eleven years after Jim had been murdered. But uh, his widow had come to speak a time or two when I was there, and so I got to know a little bit about him that way. But he and uh, four other uh, missionaries, uh, two of whom were also Wheaton grads, uh, they wanted to reach this uh, uh, this tribe that was, uh, I guess we might call them savage or uh, somewhat on the violent side and very you know, apprehensive of strangers and whatnot. But uh, they um, they they went down into the jungles of Ecuador and uh, uh, they knew the risks, but and and I, I believe they were even armed with weapons, but they they chose not to use them when the uh, uh, Indians came at them with spears. Well,
2: and that that's what's so interesting, I think, Jim, is that they did choose not to. And, I, you know, I'm sorry because we're going to go into a commercial break. But what's so fascinating about that story is that his wife still chose to go back there and serve and be a missionary to that same tribe that murdered her husband. And um, I have to wrap up now, but you can find more information on Jim at GirlfriendIt.com. We want to thank you for listening, and we are going into a commercial break.
1: This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Information is power. The power to change your life. So be here for Education to Excellence. Some of the most valuable information you may ever receive will be shared with you 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night with Education to Excellence with your host, Bruce Beichman. You'll benefit from insightful shows featuring guests that are proven experts in their field, little-known facts on how to improve your health by making one very simple change in your morning routine. If you're a high school graduate or working adult and a bachelor's, master's, or doctorate degree from an accredited college would change your life, you won't want to miss this. Education to to excellence shift your career into high gear without ever attending a traditional college class learn investment strategies from proven experts who have a track record of helping normal individuals build abnormal wealth check out their website education the number two excellence.com then join us for the show education to excellence with your host bruce beichman tuesday nights at 7 eastern 4 pacific on toginet.com
2: Welcome back. We have been talking about how to fight apathy, and our next guest, Shannon Puckett, is our AAA girlfriend. We have okay, tagged her on AAA, and, and I will. <laughs> You're not talking about the <laughs> automobile industry, are you? We have claimed her to be our anti-apathetic advocate. Say that fast five times. So, welcome Shannon. How are you today? Hi, good. Good to be here. (laughs) Okay, Shannon, I have a funny story about you because we had just had our guest, Carla Pope, and um, had acknowledged that she is the mother of Kellen Lutz and... Then you are the sister of Jordan Messer from Stellar Cart, which is so funny because for the last however long that we have known each other, um, that name has come up of Stellar Cart, and I've been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, finally, one of our other girlfriends said, you need to Google Stellar Cart. So I came home and I googled the band Stellar Cart and realized, yes, indeed, there is a band named Stellar Cart, and uh, <laughs> they have quite the the fans. Then to come to find out in my little survey that my son has already been to their concert, my husband has their album, and my nephew um actually lost to that band at a like one of those What's it called? Battle of the Bands, yeah, Battle of the Bands. So um, apparently, it was a household name in in my household, (laughs) and I was oblivious. But what was funny is that particular day, we had talked about. At least we knew the Beatles, and I know what President Reagan looks like. So I guess my my head's not that buried in the sand, (laughs) right? So welcome, Shannon, and. we wanted to have you on the show because you are passionate about many things. And the other day you were talking about some things that were taking place in your world and just share with us, how do you fight apathy?
5: Well, I guess, um, just, I just kind of first would try to see how I can get involved. And I have a lot of other roles, you know, just being a mom and, all all the things that come along with that and being a wife. But when there's things going on in my community that I feel just compelled to do something about, I want to research it and find out more information about it and see if there is anything I can do to help whatever's going on.
2: I love that. I love that you're researching it first. Of course, you love <laughs> yeah, I love the research. I love. I do love research. So. Um, <laughs> I love that you're researching it, though, because many times, um, and this is really a good tip that uh, I, I think for all of us to hear. Of course, I'm going to say it, so that's why it's a good tip. <laughs> is that you have to find out before you go in, and you you kind of have to observe. Let's just say you're going into a meeting and you're fired up about something. Many times people come in and they just bombard and they become very aggressive Mm -hmm. and you lose your credibility without that research of finding out and then almost like earning the right to speak.
5: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, of course, um, my friend just brought it up to me yesterday that um, I think if you pray about what, you know, you feel it already inside of you that you're compelled to research something or whatever. And then if you pray about it, you really feel a peace and a guidance before you even start to speak about it. So I, I would definitely, you know, encourage people to do that too, because that just seems to help give me a peace because I know when I do get fired up about something, it could get way emotional, but just praying kind of gives me that peace with it.
2: Yes. Cause you get that, that discernment before you start opening up your emotional mouth yeah
3: (laughs) and when you do you know respond out of emotion you can get a logic a little bit a little amped up and then you do lose credibility and then you you do lose kind of your objectivity and your focus so that is just really a good tip it is to really do research and be aware and and uh, know what you're walking into and being able to kind of do it from an objective point of view but what when you when you were talking about you, you know, you saw some needs in the community and, and even in the school system and when you right. going to like a PTO meeting and, yeah. and different things, um, it, when you get passionate about one area or you get kind of get fired up, it does morph into other areas of your life. Even like in being the role as a mom or being other things, because it all kind of connects, especially for women we get yeah. engaged, but, but it's easy to stay on the sidelines and become a spectator and, so many times we and other people go, somebody should do something about right. that. And a lot of times that somebody is us.
5: Yeah, and that's really, I just get so sad. That makes me so sad when people don't step up and they could. Because, and I, I definitely look at myself, too, and, like, could I be doing something? And am I, am I going to just let other people make all the decisions for my life and for my kids' life through school? Am I just going to sit back and just be, oh, you know, there's nothing I could do about that when actually there probably was something I could do. So I definitely want to take a chance in order to make life better for me, for my kids, and the world that we're living in.
2: Yes, and that is so true. There's a quote that says, all it takes for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing. And it's exactly what you're saying. When you step up, when we start doing something, then that is the, the fight against evil. You said something to us the other day, too, Shannon, and that, that goes with that quote. Sometimes it's just showing up. Right. Because you were at a meeting, and you were kind of befuddled by the absence of people. Right.
5: I was. And I wasn't the one up at the front preaching or talking about anything, you know. But I was just trying to do my part and get my kids involved and whatever. But then afterwards, you know, while I was there, I looked around and thought there should be more people that are kind of because I had heard before the meeting that more people were a little bit unhappy with what was going on, yet no one was there. And it was in the evening, and it wasn't, you know, during work. And so afterwards, I spoke with some of the people who I spoke with before the meeting, and they're like, yeah, you know, I just couldn't make it over there. And I just get a little bit frustrated, like, well... If we want something to change, we're going to have to do something. We can't just sit at home and think, you know, there is somebody else looking out for the best interest for me and my family. Are they really? Maybe I should show up to see if they really are looking out for me.
2: So how would you encourage others? or What what do you have to say about that? Like how do we get more people to to start fighting what they believe in and start showing up?
3: Because women – And especially because that's what we're talking about. They're like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. But we do make time for things that are important to us. Right. We have to think beyond ourselves and go, okay, but this is affecting my children and my my potential grandchildren. And when even grandchildren seem like so far off in the future, but yet time goes by so fast. And we don't realize decisions made today will affect future generations.
5: Right. Right. That's true. I just think um, it's easier than what you think it is. I think sometimes we're like, oh, well, I am so busy, so I'm going to make these excuses, and that would just take too much time. It would take too much effort. But really, if it's just an hour-long meeting and, or, you know, just one that one time, it's just it's, it's not as hard as we kind of, I think, maybe make it out to be and make the excuse for it to be.
2: And sometimes do you think it's because, I mean, I've, I've heard women talk this way without even being aware, we feel inadequate, like we don't even want to show up because we don't want to a go by ourselves. Um, we don't want to have to get to know other people. Um, it's as simple as I don't want to get ready getting home. I don't want to get ready. And you think, okay, seriously? You know, you have your nails done. I think can, <laughs> I think you can get ready and show up. It's so, true. It
5: would be it would be very nice if you did have a neighbor or a friend that you could just you know show up with. That does make it a little bit easier. And there is probably someone out there that's kind of in the same boat that's thinking, wow, I wish I could have someone too. So if you kind of just put the word out, that might make it a little bit easier.
2: I do think, I think that, you know, Lisa and I always have this philosophy of no lone rangerettes, that if you can um, just get other people excited about it, it is simply just opening your mouth to your friends. Well, and that's why we have Girlfriend It. And that's yeah. why
3: we want people to come and join us there, and, and even on Facebook, because it is hard to find other people. And some, I mean, so many times, we go, "Where do I start? Where do I find these people?" And that's that was one of the reasons behind the why of why Girlfriended is we want to give women an opportunity to connect and permission to do something. And make their friendships purposeful because it is more fun, and you can and you complete each other because it's you know you bring in different temperaments together, different passions together, and, and it makes the journey more um,
2: more doable too. Well, it's so cool when you have a friend to fight that purpose with, and then instead of being so busy doing things you want to do, you can do things that would help others and fight a cause and like you said, Shannon, it makes a difference not only for your kids, but for generations afterwards. So that is something that we can walk away with that make sure that you're not so busy that you can't fight for a cause and stand up for something. Right. Okay,
3: so we so we have women sitting out here listening and other people and they're going, I am really, really busy at, but I really should do something. There's a little bit of guilt maybe that we've instilled on people. Maybe, and that's okay. We're about, <laughs> we're about that. And you know what? You have challenged us to and some things, and what are some things in, in less than two minutes till we have to end our time together? Would you give some tips of, of just showing up, getting involved, maybe rearranging and prioritizing your time?
5: Okay. Um, well, first of all, I think that, in order to be effective and to make a difference, you have to be passionate about getting involved with. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, you know, I would see different – you would see different causes come up, you know, whatever, in your life, but there, there is one or two or maybe more if you're really passionate about a lot of things that you go, ooh, you know, I feel that I can make a difference with that or I feel like I should be doing something with that. So first of all, I would look to see what are you passionate about. And then second, just kind of go ahead and do the research and look into it. Like, what, what's that all entail and who is already involved with that and what really could I do? And then show up. Just take once. you know, you, can, you don't have to be committed to that for the rest of your life. Just kind of show up and figure it out. You know, could, is this something that I'm going to make a difference doing? Is this going to work for my family? And then evaluated at that point. And I just think if people took little steps like that that we could you know, we could be having a lot of little steps being taken all over the place and make big difference.
2: Mm-hmm. I love that. Little steps to make a big difference. And do your research, pray, and show up. Thank you so much, Shannon, our Triple A anti advocate for sharing. <laughs> and, but one more good tip that you said the other day was listen to Switchfoot. Their whole entire oh. album is about doing those little steps and and standing up and fighting for something. So I'm
5: so glad you brought that up. I loved remote
2: switch. <laughs> <And laughs> I, I think mean, you were very passionate about that yes. the other day when you and were here. They, sure.
5: they say to listen to your soul. And if we would all just listen to our soul and what it's urging us to do, we can make such a huge difference.
2: Well, thank you, Shannon. And you are listening to Girlfriend It at GirlfriendIt.com. Check out our website, and we'll talk to you next week.